podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone and welcome to an exclusive podcast with myself and Fraser Spinney. Fraser is a football analyst and covers Southampton. First of all, mate, thanks for joining. How are you? No, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Busy time, busy time. And it's a um, silly time in the window, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially in the Premier League. Let's get let's get into things then. So, Romeo Lavia, there's plenty of talk that Liverpool are in for his signature this summer, as are other clubs. Um, I haven't seen too much of him, which is which is the reason you're here, basically. So, um, tell us about him. So, why on earth would Liverpool spend fifty million pounds on somebody, let's say, that's just been relegated from the Premier League, which seems very harsh, by the way. But why is his fee so high? No, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question, and um, I think one of the key things to point out is that um, Lavia was one of the very, very few positives of of a very bad season. I mean, when he joined, he was um hadn't played a senior game and um joined when he was eighteen, and everyone sort of assumed he was coming in as an Oriol Romeo sort of to to learn off him and sort of, but then um all of a sudden he started the first game of the season away at Tottenham. Um, in Romeo's favourite sort of deep line midfield role, and Romeo was forced to play further forward, which was very unnatural for him. Such was how good Lavia was in pre-season, and um, he's oh, he's honestly he's he's so good. I mean, for a player so young, I mean he's just turned nineteen. Like I say, it was his first season. The composure that he has, and um, the sort of way he's just completely unfazed by. Big games. I say big games. I'm talking like relegation back games, like big big games in terms of in the negative end of the table, where where a lot of players, especially his age, shy away, and he just, he just always shows for the ball. Um, he's incredibly good. One that one of his biggest assets for me is um he's just so press resistant. Resistant. I mean, players he plays as that sort of anchor of the midfield, and a lot of players sort of don't want to take the ball in when they're marked in those areas or in tight areas there, but he just. He's so good at using his body, or like fainting, or just just taking a touch away from his player. And he, he's very comfortable receiving the ball when he's marked because he knows he's he backs his ability to sort of get out of those situations. Um, uh, yeah, like he's very good at taking the ball. His footwork's very good. I mean, I've compared him to um before to um the, the Spurs former Spurs midfielder Moussa Dembele. Um, not in terms of necessarily stature, but just his ability to sort of glide past players and uh, yeah. Um, it's very, it's quite rare. I think that you you really look forward to watching a sort of defensive midfield player. But when he, he's just exciting, even though he plays that sort of deeper role, he's incredibly good at one v one duels, whether that's defensively or or offensively. And um, he can, he's very very dynamic and quick and good across the ground. And his reading of the game for someone so young is pretty incredible as well. I mean, the amount of interceptions and and sort of challenges he just nicks in because he's read it already um, before it's happened. He's he just. He was almost, but bearing in mind he's so young, he was almost too clever for the rest of our team last season, which is just, I mean, he's a product of the Man City Academy, which obviously is um, proven a bit of a productive sort of relationship for Southampton with um, a lot of their young players sort of coming across because we've shown they get first team football. But yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's played for Belgium already. He's um, played majority of games last season. If he hadn't got injured, I think we we would have had a much better chance of going up. He did have a hamstring injury, which kept him out for about six weeks um, from October onwards. And um, we just sort of been started playing well with him. And um, it was it was that period where Hasty who got sacked was, was while Labby was out injured. So you, you sort of think what might have happened if he hadn't got injured. Um, 
he's very dynamic, very quick, and I think he sort of suits a Jurgen Klopp team down to the ground midfield in the midfield because he's just so dynamic. Well, obviously we have Fabinho in that position at the moment, who has got a couple of years left on his contract, but also had a mixed season for us, let's say, last season. Started to come and go at the end. Um, would you say it'd be competition for Fabinho, or do you think that he will come to Liverpool to learn for a little short while, and then, like you said, he could just force his way into the side based on his current ability? Um, I think the idea probably from Liverpool and, and is probably to sign him as a sort of to learn off Fabinho, but I don't think Labia will settle for that, to be honest. He's, such as his ability and sort of his um his hunger, the, well, it seems from sort of looking in, his hunger, and I don't think he'd be happy to sit on the bench for any any club that he moves to. I mean, I mean there's interest from all, this, all the top clubs that sort of sniff around, and it seems Liverpool's interest is the strongest at the moment, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere if he doesn't think he's going to be playing football. Um, I guess you have a sort of, with his age, you have the luxury that, he doesn't necessarily have to play straight away. He'll still have a very, very successful career if he take, has, has spends the season sort of learning from Fabinho. But I think he, although they play the same position, I think he offers something very different to Fabinho. And in fact, Fabinho, I see it as, I mean, like you say, he had an indifferent season last season. At times, it looked like his legs were sort of giving up on him a little bit at times. But I think Lavi is the complete opposite of that. And obviously, some of that's his age. He's very young. But um, he's very quick across the ground and very sort of dynamic and Fabinho progresses the ball a lot through his passing whereas Labia is very good at carrying the ball um up the pitch she's um and Labia takes I would say takes more risks than Fabinho which mm. is maybe a it probably I say that in a positive way but also it could in a team like yourself Liverpool where Fabinho's job is a very specific job and his job is to keep the ball moving get it effectively to the better players the attacking players and Labia and it might be because at Southampton he had to take more responsibility on the ball because he didn't have necessarily those better players to go and give the ball to, like your Salas and the like. But obviously at Southampton he don't have a Salah. But, <laughs> but um, I think he offers, it'd be a good option. Like, it wouldn't just be a like for like. I think he can sort of, Klopp can, or Liverpool can use him how they sort of see fit. And some games may suit Fabinho a bit better, whereas some games might suit Lavia a bit better. And it's just, I guess, but there's not many players better to learn to from Nan Fabinho for Labia. Um, I don't know. I can't really see them ever playing together. Um, mm. but one or the other, they, I think they offered enough different things to both be useful in a squad and not just be sort of one phases out the other, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it certainly does. Um, I've seen a couple of clips of them. Like I said, I haven't seen too much of them, but what I have seen, I've been really impressed. I think Arsenal was the standout game that I actually seen them live and thought, wow, who is this kid? For a side that was, like you said, battling relegation, he stood out. And, you know, not many players do take that responsibility, like you've said, especially at such a young age. So why do you think City are not activating that £40 million, uh, buyback clause that they have? Rodri, to be honest. I mean, they have obviously this buyback clause option. Doesn't necessarily mean Lavia has to agree to it. And I don't, I don't think he... I think City's arguably the only team you can go to and probably say you're not going to play 90, 95% of the games there if you're Romeo Lavia just because of Rodri. I mean, Calvin Phillips, I know he's had his injuries, but he's barely been a feature, has he? And he was sort of the Rodri backup, if you want, if you like. Rodri doesn't really get injured. He plays all the big games. He's, I'd probably say he's the best holding midfielder in the Premier League um, currently. And I just think, I don't, it's been very quiet from City, which is a bit sort of suspicious. Maybe their targets lie elsewhere with the likes of Gundogan sort of um, departing and maybe Bernardo Silva as well. And 
Yeah, it has been surprisingly quiet from a city perspective. Um, maybe they'll enter enter the race if if it gets sort of closer. But yeah, I don't know the answer to be honest. I don't think I think the interest from Liverpool certainly seems to be the strongest at the moment. And I think um, I think City might City might just have other priorities this window. But um, if you go to sort of Liverpool, I mean Arsenal sort of interested. I've heard Chelsea as well. I mean, should we signed him last summer? We played against Chelsea about three weeks later. Labia was the best player on the pitch, and Chelsea bid fifty million for him. That was three weeks after we signed him. Like, I know Chelsea are a bit like to throw them throw their money about, especially at the moment. But um, I think yeah, I think there's a lot of interest. I think City City are just sort of looking elsewhere at the moment. Okay, so the the price tag it's obviously a hefty fee, like I mentioned earlier. Do you think it's a case of for Southampton of right fifty million solid, or do you think they will? negotiate the fee yeah it's strange because if we like strangely given the fact we've just been relegated we're actually all the talk out of the club and all the noises are that we're pretty strong position financially at the moment um i think where the new owners sort of came in about 18 months ago they, they've made a lot of sort of mistakes but financially they seem to have sort of looked after that side of things and um it sounds like i mean what i like about given that we've sold so many players in the past when maybe it would be nice to sort of fight a bit harder to keep them is that we aren't we don't seem to be budging on our valuations i mean lavi we've said lavi of 50 million i think newcastle were looking you know, at sniffing around libramento and we're talking about 12 million and we sort of went back and went we're talking more 40 million mates so i don't think i was so. surprised when i seen that libramento price 12 yeah. million pounds no i think it, i think they were trying to capitalize on a the relegation and b the fact he's been out for a year of his acl injury but it was never ever going to happen um same with War Prowse. War Prowse is everyone sort of Southampton point of view is sort of going. We would never begrudge him a move now and all that, but teams are saying twenty million and we're saying forty, and we're not. We're not. Doesn't sound like unless I don't know what will happen if a player sort of starts to get sore of itchy feet and tries to force a transfer because that can make things difficult. But I, I don't see us really budging on the fee. I mean, the only sort of thing way I can see us budging the fee is if you sort of do a sort of deal with add-ons. Um, but I think, again, I think they would be sort of realistic ones. I mean, there are. I mean, for a club of Liverpool side, a lot of the add-ons are realistic anyway. If it's sort of like linked to sort of silverware or anything like that. But um, I do think that given the fact he's so young, he's already in this national. He's on a contract till twenty twenty seven, I believe. So we've got no reason to sell him. And from his point of view as well, I mean, he he when there's team the sort of interest that you're talking about. He's going to be interested in making those moves, but at the same time, he doesn't have to necessarily rush anything. And I think the thing with, I think we've seen with all sorts of players, especially like you look at the Declan Rice situation, is people saying for years, oh, he's never an 100 million pound player, but that's what he's worth to West Ham. It's the same as us. Lavia is worth 50 million to us because we can we can get 50 million for him, and that's a great deal for us. And that and we say like thanks for your service on your way. But if we keep him, we eat, our chances of getting promoted the first attempt go up massively. So we don't necessarily have to sell. I mean, it does get tricky when big clubs come sniffing around, especially when you've been relegated. And um, I, but I do think the fees the fee by the sounds of it. And it doesn't sound like the our board are, are too keen to to lower those asking prices. They know Lavia's our our biggest asset. War Prowse is a big asset, but he's a bit cheap. And I actually think he could War Prowse is one that could potentially get priced out of a move and because it doesn't seem to be an interest in him that I think some people thought. But Lavia, there is that interest there. He's our biggest asset. 
the, f- the fact that likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, etc., also sniff around drives the price up as well. So mm. I don't think that will get much lower. I mean, low like lowest I can see it ever dropping to is maybe forty. But I just think the fact that he can go, and pl- he could play f- if he was if he looks after himself and stays injury free, could be your your holding midfielder for the next twelve years. Like it's um. I think the the value I think the valuation sounds very high, but I think it's probably about right given the market at the moment. Liverpool, lastly, last question. Liverpool have got a, a bit of a history of signing players for Southampton. Um some have worked out better than others, I'll be honest. But what's this what's the Saints perspective on Liverpool signing well, potentially signing another one of the top players? Yeah, I think I think it's a bit different this time where we're relegated. I think we can sort of accept that our play, a lot of our players are going to leave. And I think a lot of, I've been straight to a few people about this and myself personally as well, is I've sort of already made peace with the likes of Labia, War Prowse, et cetera, going. Like I sort of, you sort of, you, you, you accept it and sort of move on. And I don't actually think anyone really begrudges um, the link to Liverpool for Labia. I think the other thing with Labia is I don't think Saints fans have had long enough to sort of grow attached to him, if that makes sense. But um, yeah. There was, it's, I mean, it's a very well-trodden path. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. A lot there was areas where I think you signed sort of Lambert, Klein, Lalana, Lovren, all in pretty quick succession, and then Mane, and then it was a little bit. It gave us a little couple of years off, and then he stole Van Dyke from us. And I mean, he was always destined to. I think the Van Dyke saga left a bit of a sour taste in my just because of where he went on strike and sort of that sort of element to it. Um. So, but I don't. I think as time's gone on, I think that sort of bitterness towards Liverpool has sort of gone away. And there was a period where we were we were sort of. It was before just before you sort of hit that period where you were challenging City, and we'd beat you here and there. And it'd be nice. It would always be nice to sort of get one over on you and stuff like that. Especially that one where we were two 0 up at St Mary's, um, and we won three two. Like that was very sweet at the time, and. Um, I think the one where we beat you at Anfield um, when Lovren scored and that was just after a lot of the players had gone there and I mean Saints fans I mean Saints fans love that and obviously the Carlin Cups uh, Carabao Cup semi-final but sorry I was sort of going on about the times we beat you because you've, you've baffled us a few times <laughs> um, well I don't think there's too much resentment with this one and I think as time's gone on there's sort of I mean Southampton fans aren't going to be buzzing that he's gone to Liverpool like let's not I'm not going to paint it to be a perfect like an ideal situation but I think if it, he's going to go somewhere so why, why not Liverpool and I think his development's in safer hands at Liverpool than it would be at certain other clubs up there as well but if you want to give us like Bacchus Bacchus or whatever he's called on loan or something in, in replace for a slot I mean I take it although like, I think he's going to be a bit of a feature next season anyway isn't he so. yeah I mean the, the midfielders that we'll link with there seems to be one after the other I, I am quite Interested to see how we do pan this out because obviously we just signed Sobberslay for sixty plus. We've obviously signed McAllister as well. Um, if Lavia goes through, that's a complete rebuild within one window, which we wanted, but we're shocked by um, because we don't spend money. <laughs> hey, I, was, I thought I might, you might get one, one in or two at push, but it looks like you really are just completely rebuilding that, which is needed. But I am surprised by it myself. Yeah, is um so just. Uh, just while you mentioned it before, Van Dyke, obviously, let's take away all the transfer thing, what happened, and obviously the striking of all this stuff. When he was at Southampton, did you know he was destined for the top? Yeah, I, like undoubtedly. He was the most... It, the thing with Van Dyke at Southampton at times is, and he's got that sort of quite nonchalant sort of demeanour, but 
at times it, you could just tell he was bored it was too easy for him and actually I think a common misconception and I don't know your perspective on this but people sort of assumed that he was he turned world class when he was at Liverpool he was already the best centre half in the league when he was at Saints just people weren't, people weren't watching him and he wasn't in a team that was was sort of doing as well he was already there was, at least for a season before he went to, to you he was already the best centre half in the league and it was quite obvious for Saint like Saints fans would talk to sort of, or I would talk to like other fans, and they sort of would be like, "Oh yeah, he's alright," and then they'd watch and they'd be like, "Wow!" Like he was just that diagonal ball he used to play, and just oh, like he, I mean, he does it to Salah all the time, doesn't he? But he used to play that ball all the time, and it's just so good to watch. And he just it sort of got lost a bit last season, but that aura of him, like players, players knew they weren't beating Van Dyke before they even got out on the pitch. He's just had that presence, didn't he? And he had that at Southampton, and. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I knew we weren't going to keep holding him very long once he sort of... He was good when he came, but he just suddenly just took it up that level and then you knew he was just one of the best in the world. Um, and so it's proven to be. And hopefully, well, hopefully from Liverpool's perspective, he sort of refines that. I think with a bit more protection from midfield, I think you'll sort of see the best of Van Dijk again next season, hopefully. Yeah, that's so that's what I've... But I haven't put it all down to it because there's been times when he has been quite suspect where... He hasn't really attacked the player as he should in terms of, obviously, the previous seasons. He hasn't really had to do that because, you say, his presence is aura. No one really wants to try and get past them because the likelihood was they couldn't. Um, where last season, he seemed to lose a bit of the fear factor because he weren't really up to his, his levels, basically. Um, hopefully, with the, you know, the World Cup's gone now, that we've had an actual decent, we will have a decent pre-season that we do find them levels again because, like you said, for me in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like it. In a Liverpool shirt, obviously they might be top players around Europe, but Maldini's, Cannavaro's, all these type of players. But a footballing centre half like him, yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the best I've seen by a mile. Right, oh, let's call that a pod there, Fraser. I, I really appreciate your time coming on. First of all, thank you, and secondly, I wish Southampton all the best in coming up because I can't bear Leicester. <laughs> and I can't bear clubs like that. I actually like Southampton as a club, and it's a decent away deck. Yeah, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you for coming on. Cheers. Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast. And thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the road end pod and on Instagram, Instagram slash the road end pod.